Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. I am so freaking excited because today I have a guest on my girl, Christy Fielding. Okay, I went, it was a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago that I got to go to a women's conference in the evening for my church. Right. And it was just an evening where they fed us dinner and there was a little bit of like spiritual enlightenment, enlightenment. And it was like so beautiful and so powerful. And Christy was actually one of the speakers that they chose. And she got up there and was just doing her thing. And I just listened to her message and was like, oh my gosh, like that needs to be recorded. And Every mom in the whole universe needs to hear this message. So I reached out pretty soon thereafter and was like, uh, hello, I know you don't know me, but will you be on my podcast, please? And she graciously said, yes, right? Like spring break and life and conflicts. It's taken us a minute to like line up our schedules, but so freaking excited to have Christy on today. She is a mom of five you guys. And she has kids ranging in age from 21 to nine. She's got a 21 year old daughter who is married. She's got a son who is now serving a mission for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She's got her third daughter is graduating from high school and leaving for college. And then she's got a son who is 14 and a daughter who is nine. So she is experiencing so many of the phases of life right now. Holy Cazoli, like that is just the broad spectrum, right? And she's actually a therapist, right? Is that like your official title? Okay. She's nodding at me. So she's a therapist and the topic that she was sharing at this women's conference was all about compassion And we hear so many times, you know, others, give others compassion, give others compassion, give others compassion, be forgiving, be loving, be kind, be compassionate, right? But she threw in a little twist in there of having compassion towards yourself. And I loved everything she had to share. So without further ado, welcome beautiful Christy. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Okay. So just like ready, set, go, like tell us all the things. Well, I have to give you the little warning that I'm not an expert and I'm still totally, I'm not an expert in anything (laughs) except maybe myself. And I'm still trying to figure that out too. I love that. But something, you know, when I decided to talk about this topic, because we do hear so much about compassion, right? And it's so important. Um, We're taught to have compassion for others. We're taught to not be judgmental. We're taught to give service. We're taught to see the needs of others and to recognize that everybody's going through something hard. But as I thought about it, 
I always do like to put a little twist and something that I love, love, love to do is I love to bring the gospel and I love to bring like research and I love to just put them together. Mm -hmm. And something that I love, love to do is the fact that I don't have to actually do any referencing. I'm not writing a paper, so I can just say, Hey, this is where I heard this, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, but I wanted to talk, I thought, you know, what does heavenly father want his daughters to hear? And that's what came to my mind is self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you remember in my talk, it came for a perfect moment for me it's because I was attending a new, a training for a new therapy that I wanted to learn how to do. And Therapy is, it's hard. It's a really, really hard career to do, but I absolutely love it. And I'm always trying to get better. And I'm always trying to find some therapies that will work for other people so that I have just an array of things to help them with. So that week was when I was attending that. And I was like, Hey, I got this. Mm -hmm. I got this. And then I attended the first day and I was like, Oh crap, I don't got this. This is going to be hard, right? It was a 40 hour training. And as we went through it, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I even going to do this? Like, I am scared. I'm scared to do this. And so as we practiced, as we always do in these trainings, we practice on each other. Um, And as we practiced, I was like, I am not doing well. Like, this is not good. I'm not doing a good job. Um, Basically telling myself that I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to be good enough to do this. But it was really funny because I noticed how I was able to give the other people compassion. I was able to say, man, you got this. You're doing awesome. And they would say things like, yeah, I'm not, I'm probably not doing it right. And I go, well, hello, you just barely learned this therapy. Of course, you're not going to do it right. And then I stopped myself and I went, oh my gosh, I, why am I not saying these exact same things to myself? Why am I able to give other people so much compassion? Why am I able to give them the space to learn and to grow, but I can't give myself that same space. And so that's how my topic came up. I was like, aha, (laughs) that's the reason I need to talk about this is because heavenly father, he wants me to learn it. He wants me to have compassion for myself. Yep. So then I got to do some research about it. I love that so much. And I think so many of us mamas can relate to that, right? Like even just the act of being a mother, right, is putting so much effort and energy out there for someone else, for another human, right? And as women, right, like not just in our own kids, but just as women, we are innately rescuers, I think, the majority of us, right? And we want to help others. We want to solve other people's problems. We want to be that like friend who they talk about in the future who, yay, they helped me so much, right? Like they were there for me in that moment that I needed them. And yet (laughs) what about us, right? Like what about our own selves? And I actually just did a podcast this last week about hearing about flamingos and that when flamingos become parents, they lose their color because they literally like are drained from nursing and feeding their babies and taking care of them. Right. But as their, as their kids grow and become more independent, they get their color back. Right. And, um, so my main message was (laughs) 
let's not wait until our kids are grown and independent to get our color back. Like, let's find those ways that we can get our color back every single day. Because <laughs> if we're literally drained every single day, like those are the mamas out there who commit suicide, right? And I know that's like, hello, drastic, but it's, I've known a couple of moms who have taken their own life, right? And on the outside, everything is grand and glorious and fabulous and all their kids are adorable and successful and Pinterest worthy. And all of a sudden you're like, what, <laughs> like what, right? But it's just that concept of that you literally feel sucked dry and literally feel drained. Why? Because you're giving compassion and love and service to everyone else around you, your own kids and your friends and your people at work and la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. But what about you? What about you? I love that. I love it. Okay. So tell us more about your research. So, you know, I started thinking first, I, I like to approach things, you know, like how would Jesus, how would Jesus do this? Right. Um, because we're just kind of taught that we want to, we want to follow after him. We want to become like him. So that was my first thought. What would Jesus want me to know about compassion for myself? And is that even okay? To be honest, I had to even question that, you know, and I know that we all get wrapped up in that. Is it okay for me to have self-compassion? Is it okay for me to say, you know what? It's okay. Like I made a mistake. That's fine. Because sometimes in my head, I have to fight that and go, no, it's not okay. I got to be perfect. Right. Cause we're all striving for, for perfection, even though we're never going to get there in this life. So that's always kind of my first thought. And I kind of have to fight that. But I was like, you know what? I can't imagine that Jesus Christ would ever, ever look at me and go, wow, look at what you did. You're a failure. That's terrible that you just did that. He would never say that. He would say, you know what? Let's learn from this. Let's look and see what we can do better next time. And it's okay to make mistakes because you are a human being, right? Mm -hmm. So then, so of course I looked at the scriptures and then I actually turned to some research. Kristen Neff, if anybody wants to know some awesome research on self-compassion, like it's from what I have seen and I'm not an expert on her either, but she's written books. She has done studies. She has a website all based on what she has found out about self-compassion. She's dedicated her life to that. She has YouTube videos, all kinds of things. So if you want anything about self-compassion, she is a great source. And you said Kristen Neff? Kristen Neff. Yep. Okay. Uh, N-E-F-F okay, is her last name. And if you just type in Kristen Neff and compassion, you will pull up tons of stuff um, about her. But according to her, she talks about what self-compassion is and that self-kindness or having the ability to refrain from harsh criticism. Um, it's also the ability to recognize your own humanity or the fact that each of us is imperfect and each of us experiences pain. And I love, love, love that. I love your own humanity. I love, I'm like, why are we not recognizing as mothers that we are human also? Mm -hmm. right? I mean, most of us, as moms, we can like look at our kids and we can go, oh, you just haven't learned yet. Like, it's okay. Um, until they do it a hundred times and we maybe <laughs> about that. Right. Yeah. But we can give them the space to learn. We can give them the space to grow. Well, we have that same space. 
we weren't sent to this earth with this owner, this manual that said, Hey, this is how you get, this is how you're going to be a mom. Right. So it's going to be just practice. We're going to just practice and we're human. So of course we're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that part about imperfect too, from what I've seen, um, with my clientele I have, and it's, I don't think I've ever heard a man come in and talk about perfection, to be honest. But I hear women, when I have my clients who are women, I hear them come in all the time. Yeah, but I'm supposed to be perfect. Yeah, but I'm supposed to do this. Yeah, but I'm supposed to do that. And we work a lot on what does, what does that even mean? What is perfection? Do we have kind of the wrong idea about that? I mean, that's probably another podcast really. Yeah. Um, but I love that we can accept our imperfections. And I think that's part of self-compassion. It's also the ability to maintain a sense of mindfulness or non-biased awareness of experiences, even if they are painful. So I think that's really nice too. I like that Mm -hmm. acceptance, right? It's all about that acceptance. So she just talks about something that really stuck out to me, which I should have made the connection, but I just didn't is that if you have self-compassion for yourself, you have the ability to have even more compassion for other people, Mm -hmm. right? And man, in my head, I'm kind of like, isn't self-compassion about thinking about myself all the time? Is that, you know, am I getting this mixed up? So I did some research on that. And she talks about that too, self-compassion versus self-esteem. Mm -hmm. self-compassion that's what I'm getting it mixed up with self-esteem can get out of whack you can be thinking about yourself way too much Mm -hmm. with gaining that high Mm self-esteem but self-compassion is not the same as self-esteem you're not going to lose control of that self-compassion you're not going to become a conceited person because you have Mm self-compassion actually going to be able to have that compassion for other people because you're learning how to have that compassion for yourself. I love that. I also think about that as far as our kids go, you know, because we're, I'm assuming that most of the people listening are women who are mothers. And even if you're not a mother, you're still as a woman, an example. And so if you can show somebody how to have self-compassion, and what a fantastic thing to teach somebody. Totally. Right? Totally. And one thing I want to add to what you said about self-esteem, because confidence has actually been a topic of my own research for years now. And because mm-hmm. I totally struggled with the same, like, I want to have confidence but I don't want to become this pompous, conceited, big headed brat. Right. Um, and one thing that, oh my gosh, hit me like a ton of bricks. It was actually in the middle of church and a Sunday school class. Um, but I asked the question, like, how do I have the confidence and know that I'm a daughter of God and just have so much confidence in myself and my identity and my role and how he thinks of me and separate that from I'm pompous, conceited, big-headed, all is about me, right? And I think it's twofold. One, let me share what the person said to me. And they just said, 
confidence is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that blew my mind, right? It's not thinking less of myself. I can still think, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I'm beautiful. I'm gorgeous. I'm talented. I'm fabulous, right? But just thinking about myself less. Where where are my thoughts? Are my thoughts always geared towards how do I look? How are others perceiving me? How can this bless me? How can it influence me? Uh, what's my day going to look like today? Me, 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 right? And instead, I can think I'm fabulous. And now I'm going to go share that fabulosity with everybody else within my sphere of influence, right? And I love that. I love that concept. And then the other part that I think it's kind of in the, in how I phrase the question really is how can I see myself as God sees me? How can I love him? Right. And then versus how do I not become this conceited, blah, blah, blah. You got to have God in the equation. Yes. Because if God is in the equation, you do love yourself because you feel his love for you. And then you can use that love that he has for you to feel it for yourself to bless other people. Right. But if you take God out of the equation and all of a sudden it's now just me, 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 wow, I'm freaking awesome. Look at what I did. Look how awesome I am. Look at blah, blah, blah. Right. Versus like glorifying him through your awesomeness, if that makes sense that's another big ticket. Right. So anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. No, I agree with you. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, comparison comes into that, right? You can have confidence in your abilities and yourself. And as long as you're not comparing yourself to other people and saying, I'm better than you, or I'm more confident than you, or I'm prettier than you, or I look better than you, then it doesn't get out of control. That's kind of where we lose it Mm -hmm. is when we get into that comparison. Totally. I think another thing, so I, um, I learned, we had a meeting and I heard something that I really liked. They said, humble confidence. And I was like, oh man, I love that because I think a little bit as humans, we think that we can't have two opposites living in the same space. Oftentimes we think I can't, if I'm happy, I can't be sad. If I'm sad, I can't be mad. But really we have the capacity and the ability. We are awesome human beings. We have the capacity to feel any and every emotion at the same time. Mm -hmm. Sure, if I gave you some time to think about it, you could tell me a situation you're like, should I be happy about this? Should I be sad about this? I'm a little mad about this. I don't know how to feel about this. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You can feel all of it. Mm -hmm. Let it all come. And so we can have humble confidence, which in our heads might feel like two opposites. And they kind of are. They totally are. But there's opposition in all things, Mm -hmm. right? We can be humble and we can be confident at the same time. We have the ability to do that. We don't have to choose one way or the other. Totally love that. And I can think of so many examples because I grew up a dancer, right? And I can think of so 
many times where I, I try to be thumper in reverse, right? Like if I have something nice to say, I'm going to say it, right? And never leave a kind thought suppressed or whatever that fabulous quote is, right? Um, a generous thought. So I would go up to these amazing dancers, like after they completed their solo or whatever, and I would like, oh my gosh, you are so good, right? And there was a huge <laughs> difference between the humble, confident dancer and the, okay, I actually don't think you're that good anymore because that was not genuine. Like, oh my gosh, you know, you're good and you're a brat, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. But it literally almost made me want to like retract the compliment sometimes, like when they would react with this like prideful confidence. Uh, and it was literally like, I know type thing. And then they just like walk away versus like the person who was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for saying that I work really hard or whatever. Right. Like they're incredible. Like I just watched them dance on stage for two minutes by themselves and they blew me away. Like they have to know they're good. Right. But I mean, they obviously don't know they're good or else they wouldn't have had the confidence to get up on stage by themselves for two minutes. Right. But just that reaction, like night and day, night and day difference. Right. And there's one of my favorite authors that I talk about all the time. His name is John Acuff. Um, he talked about like in the book start, he talks about the road to awesome. And he's like, and really you guys, like, I just have to thank all of you out there who are jerks because you make me like better paid because people want to hire me to speak because I'm nice right <laughs> I'm nice and and he gets complimented all the time by like drivers and and whatever of just thank you for being nice right and he's literally like hey yo like when you get on the road to awesome like be a nice person still like you can totally absolutely beautifully accomplish amazing things and have a wonderful influence on other people and use your talents to bless others but having that humble confidence right is like huge I love I love that you shared that so thank you for throwing that in there so it made me think you know about that that author and I actually have not heard of him but I will have to check him out He's awesome. but I'm just thinking that my, my thought, and I don't know him, but my guess is that he does have compassion for himself, right? Mm -hmm. I think that kind of influences how, if you can't be nice to yourself, it's really hard to be nice to other people. Mm -hmm. it, it comes across as kind of what you were saying, almost like that ingenuine reaction. Mm -hmm. um, like you're faking it. You're faking it you have to learn to be nice to yourself. And I just think, you know, those people that I love, those people in my life that I look up to, I can't imagine them sitting in their room, pounding on themselves and telling them how ter themselves, how terrible that they are. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that they could show up the way that they show up if they didn't have that compassion for themselves. Totally. And those are the people that just like, kind of have that well-rounded, like, they can say how it is. They can be upfront, but they do it in a kind way. Mm -hmm. They can be genuine, but you know that they love you. Mm -hmm. You know that they respect you and you can have respect for them and love for them. And I think, I don't know, I'm just thinking of those people. I'm like, it's the whole package. 
-hmm. And it's because not only are they compassionate with others, but they're compassionate with themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And that comes out. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's where this, this whole podcast idea came from was just, I feel Mm -hmm. like there is this painted picture of what perfection looks like, like you said earlier, but if we can just all be so upfront and honest and clear of like, we're all just doing our best <laughs> like, and let's all like grace, mama, grace, seriously, like grace for yourself, grace for your kiddos, grace from God to know that, you know what, you really are engaged in a mighty work that's freaking hard, right? And just having that compassion for yourself, no matter what stage phase your kids are in, what stage phase you are in, just, I don't have it all together. Right. And just, I think getting better at sharing those types of experiences with other moms. Right. And I was even having a conversation just the other day with moms about potty training. Right. And they were like (laughs) talking about letting their sons pee outside. Right. And, and they like they one mom was talking about how she totally lets her sons pee outside. But if anyone like said something, she would totally be like, oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? You know? And, and they would be like, mom, like you said, I could. Right. And no, I didn't. Why would I ever say that? And I was like, and me, I'm trying to be the total opposite. I'm trying to like throw myself under the bus instead of throw them under the bus only because I'm doing this work right here, right? Mm -hmm. This podcast right here. If you had asked me two years ago, I absolutely would have done the same thing. But once I started this podcast and just really got better at being vulnerable with all of my imperfections as a mom specifically, like, yeah, I totally told him he could go pee over there because I'm feeling lazy right now and I didn't want to go over there. Does that paint a lazy, bad picture of me? Maybe potentially, but you know what? Those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind, right? Like, I really don't care what you think about me, (laughs) but I'm just going to lay it all out there and let you know, I am not a perfect parent. I let my son pee outside on a tree. I don't make him go all the way to the bathroom when it's 10 light years away. Right. So, and and just getting, just getting better at owning our imperfections and communicating them so that we are giving ourselves more compassion and then therefore able to give other moms permission to, oh, that was actually kind of refreshing, right? Like let your kids be outside too. Yeah. Let your kids be outside. Too. It's, fine. Oh, it's all right. Right. <laughs> and you know what? It's going to be okay. If dogs can pee outside, humans can too. Right. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> so. makes me, it just makes me think of when I was, you know, having my first baby and I was like going to be the perfect mom. Right. I was going to, I took so many child development courses. Like I had this, like mm-hmm. I could own it. I was going to be the best mom ever, ever. And then I had my kid and I brought her home and I sat down and went, what the heck did I just get myself into? Right. Mm-hmm. But I still wanted everything to be perfect. And then by my fifth kid, I was like, you know what? My kid's fed. She actually does have some clothes on whether they match or not. I mean, 
they're yeah. pretty clean, right? And I know where she is. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to do. So yes. it's just funny. I think you kind of, you realize what really matters as I think your kids get a little older and even seeing like, now I have a married daughter, right? And now I have to figure out what being a mom of a married kid looks like. And I will tell you, there's been so many times I'm like, am I feeling at this, right? Do I, am I crappy at this? But I'm like, again, I have to give myself that grace and that compassion. I have never had a married daughter before. And then I'm going to have a married son. Like that's going to look totally different than what it does with a daughter. And I'll tell you, I'm petrified <laughs> that one. Cause then I'm going to have a daughter-in-law. What if she hates me? I don't know. Yeah. I've heard enough stories about people hating their mother-in-laws, but yeah. I'm just planning on her not liking me. Well, I'll I have compassion for myself. Yes. Well, and honestly, I think at least in my experience, my mother-in-law is like one of the first humans I turn to. I adore her. I love her so much. And honestly, I think it's just because she's learned my love language mm -hmm. and she tries really freaking hard. You know what I mean? And so I feel like it, we totally can like get, I mean, I I've never been a mother-in-law, so I'm probably giving that advice that like, I'll look back and like, ha you thought you knew. Right. <laughs> but just, I think the more we can love others, regardless of whether or not they love us back, like, right. Pray for your enemies, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Right. Like if we can really do the work to, you know, my son loves her. Mm -hmm. So I love her and I'm going to learn how to love her. And, and, and then I think you'll have the best relationship ever. Right. So hopefully, hopefully, right. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think right. it's totally one of those, like, this was actually some marriage advice that I got that I love and I need to do another podcast episode about this, but um, just that concept of like, when we put others on a pedestal, they'll mm -hmm. rise to it. Right. And I feel like there's so many times in our culture, especially like this is going off on a totally different tangent. Like I said, I could totally do a different podcast episode about this, but like, I feel like that's sometimes why our teenagers are as crazy and rambunctious as they are because they've heard their whole lives. Teenage years suck. Right. But you look at any other country Mm -hmm. teenagers don't suck so much there because they're expected to rise up right they a lot of teenagers in other countries are expected to provide sometimes they're expected to like hello you're the man of the house sometimes they're expected to get married young right like you look at other cultures and 14 year olds don't seem like 14 year olds in America and I think with my experience, right, when we tell someone, you're going to suck, guess oh. what they do? They suck, right? But if we don't place that identity on them of like, yep, you're going to suck. And I'm super terrified for when you turn 13 or 14 or 15 or 19 or whatever, right? Like when we put that on them, guess what they put on? whatever you're giving them. Right. And, um, so anyways, that was a, that was a separate tangent, but I just felt God, like right. Share. You need to have another podcast about expectations, expectations. Yes. Yep. <laughs> totally. My teenagers do not suck. Yeah. I 
and I work with teenagers also. They are so fun. They are so fun to listen to and to, that's really what they need. They just want somebody to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Actually, my daughter and I were having, that. <laughs> this is a fantastic mom moment. You know, I'm a counselor. I should have known already, but <clears throat> she would come in my room, excuse me. And she would just, she would, she goes on these little tangents, totally different than my other daughter. And she, one day she came in and she was just like, blah, 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 like telling me everything about her life. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, oh man, I have like tools that I can give you. I have like coping skills. Let's work on this. Let's work on this. And she's like, mom, I am not going to tell you anything else. If you do not just listen, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to do anything. Just listen to what I am saying. And that is it. I'm like, oh, Mm-hmm. Right. I should, that's what I should be doing. Right. So often as parents, we don't listen. We don't listen to our kids. We're always trying to fix it because we think we know better. And honestly, maybe we do. Our teenagers do not want to hear that. Mm-hmm. They want to hear you're awesome. Mm-hmm. You're doing great. I'm here if you need me. Yeah. And, and honestly, my daughter does that all the time. Yes. And honestly, I think it's not just a teenager thing. I think it's a hum- human need. Absolutely. Right? Like it, it's a lot of people. I'm not coming to you because I want you to solve my problem. I'm coming. I mean, like how many times do we hear that as like husbands and wives, right? Like, you know, like, I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to listen. Right. Like, or those people that you really call on those like really hard days. They're not the people who like, Oh, I have an idea. Like, let's do this. Like, they're just the people who just listen. Right. They're the people who just tell you you're awesome oh my gosh. Right. Like, and maybe they like throw in a little like girlfriend, I've been there too. Like, and I remember how hard that sucks. I'm here for you if you need me. Right. But they don't take, okay. Okay. I have a, I have a solution for you. Right. Like they don't interrupt you mid thought. It's just, they just listen. Right. And I love that. Like teenagers, children, adults, we all just need someone who's just going to listen to us. Right. And I can do so much better at that. I am an innate rescuer. Like I am this, I am, I have a, I have a thought, I have a book, I have a quote, I have a solution, <laughs> I have a story, right? Like, no, just yep. shut up, Bryn, and listen. Yes, <laughs> I, that's what I do for a living is listen. And I still find myself going, oh, dang it. I should have listened more, Yeah. right? Yep. So, yep. and there's a balance in life, <laughs> yep. balance. And we have compassion for ourselves when we recognize uh, I need to do better. <laughs> And we always can, right? And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about life. We get out of that fixed mindset and we need to always have that growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Whatever we need to do, we can, that's what life is all about. It's progression, Mm -hmm. right? We always need to be getting better. We always need to be doing better. That is what our path is. I don't like to think of perfection as this destination, right? It's just a path. Mm-hmm. that we're going on and there's different levels mm-hmm. that we're going to make it and we have to have that compassion for ourselves we have to go you know what yeah maybe I need to do something different but wow I sure did learn a lot mm-hmm. from that I heard this story I really liked it it was uh sister Eubank mm-hmm. um in a women's conference and she was talking about Pac-Man and she was saying you know if anybody knows about that old game which I've only played it like once but the little Pac-Man person, you have to get the treasure boxes. And she said, usually the treasure boxes are at a dead end. 
And she says, so the little Pac-Man will go get it, get the treasure, eat it. They dead end. She says, but you have to look at every dead end as you've got a treasure mm-hmm. by going that way. And so it doesn't mean you can't come back out of it, but you want to celebrate that. It doesn't mean you took a wrong turn. It doesn't mean that you were going the wrong way because you're always going to find a treasure if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I love that visual too. Yeah. So I always imagine the little Pac-Man, what treasure am I getting out of this today? Yeah. I feel like I'm hitting a dead end. <laughs> right? I love that. I love that. And I, I know I shared this in an earlier podcast, but that reminds me, there was a talk given by um, Elder Holland's son, actually. Um, and they, he was talking about how he and his dad were going on a, a drive, right? And they came to a fork in the road and one road, uh, they, they didn't know which, which way to go, right? This was before Google maps and before all that jazz, right? Like they didn't know which way to go. And so they both felt really strongly that they should go left, right? I don't really know which direction, but we'll just say for the sake of the story, go left. And they both felt very strongly go left, right? So they went left and like a couple minutes later, they hit a dead end and they turned around and went right. And he was really bothered by that. And he asked his dad, like, dad, why did we both feel so dang strongly that we were supposed to go left when it was a dead end, (laughs) right? And his dad in his awesomeness and wisdom that he's actually the person my oldest son is named after my son's name is Holland, right? Um, But in all his awesomeness and wisdom, he said, well, son, I think it's because now we know for sure that we are on the right road, right? Maybe we would have traveled this road for 20 minutes and started doubting our decision, turned back, went the other way just to realize, okay, no, that was a dead end. Now we know for certain this is the road we're supposed to be traveling, right? And I loved that thought. And I love, again, that compassion that he showed for himself and and for the situation of, you know what? We took a wrong turn, but that doesn't mean we're bad. That doesn't mean we're wrong. That means now we know for sure that we're on the right road, right? And I think that concept in motherhood, especially, like can totally, if we can apply that wisdom in every aspect of our lives, you know what? I felt really freaking strongly that I should do this with my kid, but it did not work, right? okay, well, now I know for sure that this other thing I'm going to try instead, this is the right road. Cause I did try that. I know it didn't work for me, for him, for her, whatever. Now I know we're on that right road. Right. So I, yes, I love that imagery and that Pac-Man and that treasure and the dead end and the, like all of it. Love, love, love. Okay. Well, I feel like That's I what life is all about, right? Yes. Absolutely. And I feel like we could talk forever because I just, I, I, you're an amazing human. Anything else that you feel strongly that like you just want to share with us? Any, any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, I think again, just Elder Uchtdorf is one of my favorites. I just love him. I, love him I think too. every time I listen to his talks, I'm like, oh, this man loves people. And I can always just feel that love from him. Right. And I don't even know the guy, Yeah, but I can feel it. I can feel the love. So I love that. But he just says, 
Um, think of where you came from. You are sons and daughters of the greatest, most glorious being in the universe. He loves you with an infinite love. He wants the best for you. Do you think our heavenly, our father in heaven wants you to feel depressed and sad? Do you think he wants, and I'm adding, do you think he wants us to berate ourselves and put ourselves down? He wants no such thing. He has provided the commandments, which are the royal road to a life of purpose, peace, and joy. And I just love that. Mm -hmm. And that's part, that's part of his plan. I think one of the reasons that he sent us here to earth was for us to learn that we can learn from our mistakes, from our wrong roads that we take. And I do not think Heavenly Father is sitting up there going, you are taking the wrong road. What is your problem? Mm -hmm. He's sitting up there going, you're going to learn something from this. And I'm excited mm -hmm. because you would learn no other way mm -hmm. than by making a wrong turn. Sometimes if we lived in this world where I where if I lived in a world where I was never making a mistake, man, I would never be the person that I am now or the person that I want to become someday. Mm -hmm. I would, I would be stuck. Mm -hmm. I would learn nothing. I think to me, that is what, that is actually what hell would look like. Mm -hmm. I'm not swearing. It's a place, mm -hmm. but that's what it would look like is if I couldn't progress and learn from my mistakes. And that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Let's have compassion on that. Let's be kind to ourselves. And then let's go out there and show the world mm -hmm. how compassionate we are yeah. because it's been increased because of the love that we can show ourselves. I love that. I love that so much. And one thing I, I would love to hear from you too, that I just thought about, you talked briefly about like fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And I know what that is, but will you just for our listeners out there who don't know what that is, will you touch on that for just a sec? Absolutely. So a fixed mindset, you can almost just think of it as just basically doing the same things all the time, never looking and saying, oh, I can do something different or I should do something different. It's, it's kind of, I like to think of it as there's only one way to do something and there's nothing else you can do about it. That's the fixed mindset. I guess what? there's a whole bunch of ways that you can do things. And every time we're going to fail, that's life. We're going to fail. We're going to have a hard time. If we can look at our failures as a growing experience rather than a failure and we just stop progressing, that's a fixed mindset. But if we can look at it and go, I'm going to learn from this, I'm going to grow. And next time I'm going to take the right road, just like what you were talking about. That's a growth mindset. Okay. Looking at the things that, you know, maybe doesn't turn out the way we thought and going, there's always something to learn. There's always something I can do better and giving ourselves grace, not expecting perfection. Grace is an enabling power. Mm -hmm. We can give ourselves grace. That actually means we can do more mm -hmm. than we ever thought we could. Yeah. I love so. that. Thank you. And there's a book by John Maxwell called failing forward. That's all about like taking those quote unquote failures and learning from them. Right. And it's all about this like self-compassion thing. And then there's another book. I actually haven't read it yet, but I love the title and it's called sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Right. And I want to read it because that title intrigues me so much, but I love, I love that concept. Sometimes I do win and sometimes, you know what I learn. Right. And just switching that, like 
even just the negative connotation of failure and losing right to, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I progress from this place? And how can I know that everyone goes through failure? Everyone loses, everyone struggles, everyone fails, right? But it's those people who can pick themselves up, give themselves some compassion, brush themselves off and move forward with, okay, what can I learn Yeah, that, that truly do have that compassion for other people as well. Right. Yeah. And, and can I just say something really, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean no, to no, you go girl. I just wanted to say that, you know, the failure, I know we have that like thought process of, oh, we might not want to call it failure. It's fine to fail. That's, that's great. Let's fail. Sometimes mm-hmm. I want to say it's okay to sit in that failure for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If we want to eventually pick ourselves up and we want to move forward, but guess what? Is it okay to take some time to sit and go, man, this is tough. I feel sad that this happened or I feel mad or whatever other feeling. I have a whole feelings will mm-hmm. that you can pick from those emotions. It's okay to sit in that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then after you sit in it for a little bit, I always like to say, now what? Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do? But take time. I think that's part of that self-compassion. Take time to recognize whatever those emotions are that it's totally fine to have them. You can have both of those emotions at the same time, mm-hmm. but don't forget to take time. Don't just feel like, oh, I failed. I got to pick myself up today. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Sometimes you can't and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So just don't get stuck in the failure. Yeah, I, I love that. And that was actually something my husband just learned in his like group therapy this last week was that self-compassion and that little twist of not just, you know, brush my, he, he told himself like compassion equals like I failed at something and I have like, it's action-based it's action, right? I failed at something and I have to give myself grace. I failed at something and I have to give myself grace. I have, I failed at something. I have to give myself grace. Like that. It's always action, action, action oriented, but that that was really the first time he'd ever considered. Like it's also emotion oriented. Like you are allowed. I am mad that that thing happened and totally having compassion. Like you were just saying for, it's okay for me to be mad. It's okay for me to be disappointed. It's okay for me to be sad, right? It's okay for me to sit in this for however long I need. Right. And, and then, you know what, then I'll have the compassion towards yes, the emotion and the action And now that I've worked through this, now I'll give myself that grace to pick myself up and move forward, right? And there's no timeline on that. There really isn't, right? So not usually. You can tell. You can tell when you get stuck in that. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of times that's when people come see a therapist Mm -hmm. and we can help you with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I say it it is something you have to be careful about, but I don't think that we do it often enough where we just take the time to really just be sad. I found out yesterday I didn't get a job that I applied for. And I was like, how do I feel about this? I'm not sure. I'm like, oh, I feel rejected. I feel really rejected, even though I'm okay with not getting the job. But I'm like, man, I got to give space for that because it does feel like a little bit of a failure to me that I didn't get the job, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to not think, okay, now what? Now I got to go apply for seven other jobs, right? I'm like, it's okay for me to feel. It's okay for me to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to just take time to figure out what emotion I even want to have. Mm-hmm. Not even like, how should I feel? Just more like, well, what do I, what do I want to feel, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that if you will sit in that failure, you'll find that it doesn't have as big of an effect on you for as long. Mm -hmm. Because you gave yourself space to heal. Exactly. If you don't give yourself the space, it usually influences how things go for you in a more of a negative way. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just take the space, you actually do feel like, okay, I took the time. I'm feeling okay now. I can get up. Mm-hmm. Instead of dragging yourself up, it's like, I almost think you could jump up a little faster, right? Instead of like, okay, I got to move on now. It's more like, okay, I took the time. I'm ready. Feel good. I'm ready for the next step. Yep. And I, I have shared this before. I had a podcast about emotional um, healing, but I've heard, and I love the analogy that it's like a splinter, right? And if you just put a bandaid on a splinter, sorry, bucko, but that's not going to do anything, right? Like now you can't see it, but you can still feel it, right? And our emotions and that processing, right? It's like that splinter. And if you leave it there, it's going to get infected. It's going to get worse. It's going to get like pussy and ow and really terrible. But if you take the time to get it out, (laughs) it won't be that big of a deal, right? And so like with, when it comes to emotional healing, it really is, I'm just going to take the time to pull out that splinter and yeah, it's going to hurt a little. And yes, I'm going to have to stop what I'm doing to, to get the splinter out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I might need some extra tools. I might need a flashlight to really see it. I might need some tweezers. I might need a needle. I might need someone to help me. Right. I might need someone else to pull it out, but I'm going to get it out. And now, ha, hallelujah. Like, I don't need, I don't need a bandaid. I don't need, I don't need Neosporin. I don't need, like, I'm good now. Right. And so just really, truly when it comes to, cause I've had a betrayal trauma coach, I've had therapists and all the things. And I love just the basic concept of when you need to pull out that splinter figuratively of your emotions, that the two best tools you can have for getting that out is speak it out or write it out. And sometimes you have that really good friend, you have that amazing therapist, you have those people you can turn to when you need to get your splinter out. And sometimes you don't. And so even just pulling out a journal And you know what? I'm just going to write it down without judgment. My journal won't interrupt me. Right. And I'm just going to get it all out that those two things just really, truly help you to be able to move on quickly. And when you do give yourself that space to heal, you do heal faster. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Let it out. Right. I love, uh, I don't know if you ever read Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. She's one of my favorites, but I love what she says. She talks about telling your story, right? We're all storytellers. So she talks about writing things down and, and I've heard it a couple of times and I know that I have done it myself, but sometimes I think if I write this down exactly how I feel in my journal, what if somebody reads it? Mm -hmm. 
Right. And I'm like, oh, but that doesn't get it out. If I don't, sometimes I just talk to my phone and I'll just start blabbing and Siri gets it wrong half the time and I don't care. But something that Brene Brown says is she says, if your story does not look messy on paper, she's like, you are not writing it correctly because your story should look messy. It should not look perfect. Yeah. Especially she calls it the first draft. She says, especially the first draft, mm -hmm. let it out, say it how it is. And don't, it doesn't matter if you have a person that you trust, that person will be able to take it. Mm -hmm. I like saying, you know, I'm just going to, I just need you to hear this. And then I want you to basically throw it away in the garbage. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to say anything else. Just take it and throw it away. Mm -hmm. I think that can be the same with a journal. Totally. You can even like write everything down. You can rip it up, out, rip it up and throw it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boom. You just let it all out. Mm -hmm. Took the time that you needed. You gave yourself space. Now you're ready. Now you're ready to go on to the next thing, whatever that looks like. Totally. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. Seriously. I'm like, we could talk forever. You're amazing. You're amazing. Okay. So all my beautiful mamas out there who have hung out with us for the last almost hour, seriously, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you, Christy, for jumping on. And if people want to find you and get more access to you, how can they find you? Are you on social media? Do you have a website or do you have so I do not have, I'm not a social media person. It help. It makes it so I can't give myself compassion. So I got off of that. <laughs> okay. Um, probably my email is probably the best way to get a hold of me right now. I don't have, I'm, I'm working on setting up my own private practice, but that is one of those paths. I took the wrong road and now I'm going to see if this road is where I'm supposed to go, but um, so I'm working on that right now, but it's not done, but you can reach me, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E dot fielding F as in Frank, I-E-L-D-I-N-G um, at gmail.com. Yeah, I love it. No, that's so good. So great. So thank you guys for, for jumping on and really mama's like just more than anything. The message that I hope you heard today was that self-compassion is a thing. And it needs to be a priority in your life because you are doing better than you think you are. You really are. Okay. So give yourself grace, love yourself through all the messiness. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall. It's okay to suck. It's okay to scream. It's okay. It's okay. Cause I do it too. And then we brush ourselves off. We apologize. We love ourselves. We say sorry to our people, right? And then we can move forward, right? We can move forward. So I love you and I'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. 
Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember, the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace. Thank you.